Hello, and welcome to another episode of That Which Does Not Kill Us. I'm your host, Sarah Arnold, and today I want to tell a story. So, fall of 2021, one of my old friends um, reaches out to me on social media. And we do a lot of talking back and forth. And, uh... If you're somebody that doesn't know me personally, I'll go ahead and fill you in. I was in a very bad headspace at this time of my life. Um, It's probably the worst my mental health has been as far as I can remember pretty much ever, okay? And so this friend of mine, we talk. Um, at this juncture, I had probably been on my own for maybe four or five months and we hadn't really talked outside of, you know, random comments and likes on social media posts in years, you know, like the last time we saw each other, I was probably like 17 or something to that effect. And I don't know, we were kids either way. So we start talking and as we're talking, um, we just kind of get, I guess we're like re-getting to know each other, right? And, uh, what's weird is that over a long time span, it turns out that we have had some very peculiar parallels in our lives as adults. Um, more recently, those would be having experienced the loss of a loved one and then the end of a marriage about a year later, you know, with other random stressors filtered in between. And so over the last, I'm going to say year, year and a half, we redeveloped a close relationship and a lot of it seems to stem from a mix of comedy and mental health you know Um, one of the things that I had joked with him regarding was that I was the advanced class in this circumstance and so like Uh, His losses all came about two years after mine. And so, as he was starting to experience these things and all of the negative impacts of, for him it was a sibling, for me it was my nephew, Um, and then, you know, all of the things pertaining to um, what happens next after the life you built in the dreams you would establish and all of the hopes for the future. Like what happens next? How do you cope with these losses? And so this is pretty much the context of what our relationship was built on as adults. Um, it wasn't too dissimilar as kids, but I think there was a little bit more hope involved uh, because sometimes there's a lot more hope attached to youth than what there is 
when it comes to certain aspects of adult living, you know, um, sometimes reality can be a bitch and she can bite you in the ass. And sometimes hard truths are necessary, even if we don't like to hear what they have to say, right? Now, in the context of our adult conversations, was interesting to me. There really wasn't a whole lot of reminiscing about our youth. Like, there was a little bit, but not really. Uh, for example, the first time he tried LSD, I was there. And um, sometimes we would have sleepovers, and we would just get into these long... Um, in-depth conversations about life and philosophy and stress and things to that effect and so this is kind of you know what I mean like the foundation of this friendship was built on very intense topics if you will you know what I mean like not just like surface level bullshit and uh, so we kind of restructured ourselves that way as adults in a long distance setting. Um, a lot of the conversations that we had towards the end of things were of the same nature. Um, the difference being that uh, the context of what those stressors were and what they were attached to. Um, so. <clears throat> Let's go ahead and fast forward to uh, January. Well, so in the end of January, I get a message and we're just talking. And he tells me um, underneath all of this, basically, that he has developed a Coke problem. And he's extremely embarrassed by this. And he gives me the rundown of, you know, the concerns that he has. Like, like he knows that this is bad, but it, like apparently this is something he's been doing like very casually um, since we were kids, actually. And has just escalated, you know, in the wake of his, the loss of his brother and then um, his divorce, it has escalated into the point where instead of using it, you know what I mean, like once a month or once every few months, you know, just to kind of feel good, it escalated into using it on the weekends and then from there consistently. And in the context of the conversation, he had told me that um, he ended up giving his blow to his son. Now, mind you, this isn't his son is not a child. He is an adult, he, but still, like, he basically gave his blow to his son to, like, remove from his presence because he couldn't think of anything else to do I guess in the moment while he was high out of his fucking mind and 
in the conversation what I told him is like that's awful first of all and then secondarily at the same time I actually commended him for knowing he had a problem in those moments and actually being able to overlook his embarrassment to reach out for help and I did that because I'm not that person um, that's something that I I'm getting better about I, I still struggle with periodically uh, seeking help when I need it but it's something that it was a characteristic and a quality that I found very admirable that you know you can see and you know you have a problem and you are actually doing something to seek help for said problem that's commendable it's really fucking commendable you know kudos to you for that and like in he had also made commentary in the conversation about first of all receiving clarity from doing cocaine which is fucking weird to me i don't know and then secondarily about how um how much he was talking to his son and that how smart and perceptive his son is and basically it, it sounds to me like summarizing it in a nutshell he's very proud of his son um he's very hardworking, and um he's a really good kid is what it sounds like you know real hardworking, real responsible um not a fuck up yeah so pretty much anything you can really hope for i guess in a kid i don't know i don't have any so um yeah and like something about that really sat with me because i i thought about it like because he went into a lot of specific details because um and there was a lot of drug abuse in his upbringing um from parental figures and the circumstances around that and how murky that is and i thought about that too like that you know like the amount of shame that he's got to have attached to basically becoming the thing that he hates and then at the same time being in a circumstance in which his son has basically become his uh, one-man emotional support system you know when he is trying to basically fight drug addiction although he didn't see it as addiction but whatever whatever semantics okay and so like I had a really weird sense of like panic and impending doom that kind of came over me you know in the aftermath of these conversations and the first thing that I did the next day was I reached out to his son and I introduced myself and I I don't remember exactly what I told him but I do remember specifically having the the feelings that um, that 
if something were to happen, like let's say dad ODs in the garage, right? If the only person that is in your proximity that is carrying this burden is your child, like the burden that that child would bear, like that's great. That is really fucking heavy. Like that is really, really, really heavy. And that that's not fair to him to have to carry the burden of, you know, his dad's stress, basically, for lack of a better term, alone. And so, you know, I kind of reached out and let him know, hey, I'm an old friend of your dad's. Um, he told me what's going on. And, you know, just if you need somebody to talk to him here, basically. And kind of left it at that. Like, we haven't really had any conversation since. Like, but just kind of left it at that because it's heavy. And so what's also disarming that's attached to this is at the same time, um, I developed a lot of, um, really intense anxiety pertaining to my relationship with this individual because like now that I had this knowledge like I had this deep-seated fear like you know what I mean that uh, you're gonna fuck you're gonna OD in your garage (laughs) like I don't know how to say this without sounding like an asshole so I'm just gonna be real like I was carrying around this like very deep-seated fear that you know at some point or another you're gonna because that's how drugs work you know what I mean like you build a tolerance and you keep having to take more and you keep having to take more and you keep having to take more right that's how that goes but sometime like maybe more is too much uh you take it too far and so I had this fear like I I carried this for a really long time like that like you know that one of these days he's just gonna fucking OD in his garage and his kid's gonna fucking find him you know like and that's gonna be his burden now that um that his his dad had a fucking problem and yeah all of whatever is attached to that like you know what I mean like that is essentially gonna now be passed on or whatever and it was heavy you know and I was really sad and worried because um Aside from those conversations, we would also have a lot of conversations regarding mental health, okay? And the ones, when we talked about mental health and our experiences, there were so many parallels over the last couple of years that it's almost like I understood the trajectory of his mental health breakdowns based on my own, you know? Because of um, the way we would talk about, you know, like anxiety attacks and then all of the different feelings that come along um, with the disintegration of your marriage, basically. And so I've kind of been, I don't want to say anticipating, but for lack of a better term, like anticipating you know, what happens next, what happens next, uh, with his mental health based on my own experiences and based on the struggles that I've had over the last couple of years. And, you know, like the fucking, the, um, 
the highs and then the lows and then um, <clears throat> the different interactions that I've had with other people and <clears throat> how I the, the tools that I've used to cope with it you know and things to that effect we like it's been a really interesting um, time it's been a very interesting and thought-provoking um, basis like foundation for interaction you know very deep very deep and um, so I found out last night that he was in a motorcycle accident early yesterday morning and apparently it was fatal and so I'm sitting with this right now and I'm angry and like I'm really angry because like one of the other things that he was like his behaviors I, I know I can't control that but um, one of the things that he was doing his behavior I participated in my first divorce right and that was um, drinking excessively drinking okay and this was you know normal behavior for him as to drink in excess pretty consistently um, at one point in February I ended up making the time to go see him because um, in my mind I'll be forward with you I did not want the last time we saw each other to be the last time we saw each other and the last time was like 22 years ago you know up until you know I made this trip and um, like we ended up going out we had a really good time and he drank way too much and it got things got out of hand um, in terms of you know repercussions of the drinking and like I know there was a period for a while where he had just like stopped drinking like all together and picked it back up and stopped and picked it back up and I'm sorry and this might be negative thinking I don't know like I cannot help but assume that having ridden him like having having been a motorcycle rider for as long as he had you know in the experience level that I assume he has based on longevity like I cannot help but assume that he had too much to drink you know and that basically the lack of self-control or the desire to numb feelings rather than work through the mental health shit um, might have played a factor in the end result here and like it's just like what the fuck dude like on one hand 
he seemed to be very dedicated to his children, but then, on the other hand, it's like, you he couldn't, um, he couldn't see past his own pain to be able to put them first and, you know what I mean, like, be that level of responsible, you know, that is needed to keep going. Because I just, I, and maybe this is just me making assumptions based on the person that I knew. Um, I'm making a lot of assumptions here. I have not heard anything, but I know that three o'clock, if, if you're out in the world, like, cause the, apparently the call went into, um, 911 around 2.50 in the morning and I find it very improbable that he was out at that hour riding his bike and he was sober. So, and then if I take a step back and think, well, what if you were, then the conversation becomes even more concerning, you know, because then it kind of takes me into the spiral of like, was your mental health on that much of a decline since we stopped communicating? And then if the answer is yes, like what the fuck, you know, like while we were in contact, I talked a little bit about my experiences but more than anything, what I did was I tried my best to deliver the tools that I had used that had helped me to get by from one day to the next, to the next, to the next. When I was experiencing some of my more intense mental health struggles and I just I don't know like you know there's a very large question mark here that I'm certain um I won't get any definitive answers to but like at the same time it makes me sad. You know? Like, you can still love somebody and not be on speaking terms with them. And, um... To be fair, if I were completely honest, I made that decision for my own mental health. You know? Because I have to prioritize me. And sometimes that's a hard thing to do, but at the same time, sometimes it's a necessary thing to do. Um, this is the same individual. If you go revisit what I did on my spring break, it's the same individual I'm referencing. Um, I tried my best to do everything that I could to assist him with his mental health. But the flip side of that coin was that he could not, he wasn't capable at that time of doing what I, like, doing or committing to behaviors 
or behavior patterns that I needed to sustain my mental health under those circumstances. And so I had to step back, just completely remove myself from his energy, like completely, like 100%, you know? And it just really sucks. Like, I wouldn't say that I regret the decision that I made, not in the capacity of my own mental health, but there is a very large part of me that wonders, you know, about the people in his life, like the other people in his life, you know what I mean? Like, did this motherfucker not have any other, um, like, I don't know what sort I'm looking for, like, people that were genuine, you know what I mean? Like, pe people that, like, care and can show that they care in the context not so much of like telling you what you want to hear but fucking telling you the truth because I'm assuming maybe the answer is no maybe he just you know surrounded himself with a bunch of yes man you know that were supportive but not really or you know people that been, I don't know like it, there's just so many fucking questions you know like so many questions and uh, yeah this is, um, this is what I'm processing right now. And I think at the end of the day, um, the only thing that I really have that I can do is I can continue to focus on my mental health and continue making those strides. And I can't really think of anything else that, you know what I mean? But it still sucks and it's still sad. Yeah, so well, that's where we're at today. But uh, in the meantime, everybody try to have a great day and uh, be well.